I love our new pulpit. It's just wonderful. <laughs> when I was a little girl, I discovered oriental landscapes in some of my father's books from college. And maybe you know what I'm referring to, those monochromatic black ink, pen and brush paintings of old gnarled trees, rocks, torturous paths, and mountains. Often they have clouds ringing the mountaintops, and sometimes there is a small human. Dragons and tigers are often suggested in the curves of the mountain ridges or the sinewy twisted trunks of the flora. Frequently, there was also a little red block in the quarter alongside some um, Chinese or Oriental calligraphy. My great aunt and uncle, who at one time lived in the Orient, had one of those wonderful Oriental landscapes also. I remember it was of an old person climbing a rocky mountainside at sunset with the possible hint of a tiger crouched beside the path. There was a billowing wash of vapor, maybe a cloud or possibly smoke about halfway up the mountain. My aunt said there was a dragon hiding in the mountains. I could never find it, but I loved that picture. I once asked my aunt if I could have it. She said it was one of her favorite things, and she loved looking at it, but she never agreed to give it to me. <laughs> Later in college, in my art appreciation class sections, along with my world religion classes, remember how hard all those were? I learned more about the history of Asian landscape art, which only increased my admiration for the style. In those world religion classes, we had to read uh, Shuangzi and the Tao Te Ching, and I came across the classic story of how Lao Tzu, the Chinese philosopher credited with founding the philosophical stream of Taoism, came to write the Tao Te Ching. And here is that story. Lao Tzu was born around 600 before the Common Era. He worked in the Imperial Archives in Jingzhou. As a scholar, he was the keeper of the archives for the royal court of Zhao. And this work allowed him great access to the writings and art of the Yellow Emperor collections. But Lao Tzu grew tired of the apparent moral decay and decline of the mountain, I mean of the kingdom. He decided to go out into the west to live alone in the unsettled frontier at the age of 70. And at the western edge of the kingdom, at a pass out of the Lu Yi Valley, he was recognized by the guard, Ying Chi, who asked the old master to record his wisdom for the good of the country before he would allow Lao Tzu to pass into the lands beyond. The text Lao Tzu wrote was said to be the Tao Te Ching. And afterwards, he left 
going west through the gate, never to be seen again. Taoism, the religion, is based on the philosophy of the Tao Te Ching, written by the old master Lao Tzu. The title of the Tao Te Ching is hard to translate. Tao can be seen as the word the way, being the unnameable essential process of the universe. Day is translated as virtue, and Jing meaning great book or great work. The oldest remaining texts of the Tao Te Ching are in classical Chinese, which I've heard has no punctuation marks and is normally full of ambiguity, nuance, and illusion. The Taoism that grew out of Lao Tzu's writings heavily influenced Oriental culture and art, including generating the style of art that I first encountered in my father's books and my great aunt's picture. These pin brush and ink works can be found from as far back as the 5th century common era. Many of these paintings included mountains, rivers, waterfalls, but mountains figured most often because the immortals lived in the mountains, closer to the heavens, the cosmos. Mountains were thus considered sacred. The topography of China, with its steep, steep mountains, alluvial plains, Rivers and waterfalls conjured up many powerful vistas to stimulate the artistic drive. According to Taoist beliefs, a powerful life energy pulsates through the mountain ranges and watercourses in patterns known as dragon veins. Great mountain ranges often appear weightless in this style of art while transforming into vapor that uncoils and lifts into the clouds, only to vanish into a misty void. In Taoism, the dragon is a symbol for the essence of the spiritual half of the cosmos. The Taoist manifestation of qi, or cosmic energy, is represented by the twisted trunks of old pine trees hinting at the double S curve of the cosmic yin and yang. You know, the theory of how seemingly opposites or contrary forces may actually be complementary, interconnected, and interdependent, and how they give rise to each other as they interrelate to each other. Yin is the receptive and yang the active principle, and they are seen in all forms of change. The tiger in Taoism embodied the spirit and drive required to achieve and progress in the material world. Tigers are from the real world, the realities of the real world that push or exert control over our lives. The tiger is the symbol for the earthly or temporal. There is a particular branch of this art called Sansui, 
and it is very structured stylistically. I know that Sansui is the style of the first art work I encountered in my father's books because I looked it up, and it was probably the style of painting my great aunt had. Sansui is unique because it is a Taoist art, Taoist art that is generated and created with an interior view of the artist's mind, not an attempt to capture a view through a window or a vista, but more of a philosophical meditation or um, a religious exercise. Maybe what the artist views about his life or current spiritual considerations. Since we art is to be meditated on, maybe pondered. It is a religious practice. My great aunt's black and white oriental landscape, as I remember it, was probably on the surface, a painting of a person on a journey through the mountains, possibly with the wild natural world close at hand, hinted at by that tiger. But it is also the story of Lao Tzu climbing the mountains out of the Luyi Valley to go out the western gate into the frontier, maybe being pursued by the images of the corruption and decline of his beloved city and his misgivings about abandoning his old life. As Lao Tzu climbs the mountain, he is pondering whether he is leaving, whether leaving is the right solution to his dilemma. He is searching for the balance between what his morality urges and his obligation requires of him. The yin and yang of an issue, stay or leave, action or non-action. And so another more universal meaning of this particular painting could be the classic struggle between what you want to do and what you should do, or rather, an ethical dilemma. The struggle is the arduous trek up the mountain searching for the solution, the process of solving a difficult problem. I also see our life's journey in the picture. Constantly we're being pushed ever onward by the needs of the present, the tiger, as we continue to climb ever higher toward the pass into our next transition, death. A sansui inter interpretation might be the interplay or tension between the hidden dragon of the mountain and the crouching tiger on the path, the spirituality of the dragon and the groundedness of the tiger, and the path or space in between. How finding the way between the two energies helps us to find our way to the past, or better yet, using the two strengths to guide us. Maybe the artist was exploring this medical, metaphysical issue as he painted. I have mentioned dragons and tigers and how they're often painted in Taoist art. I have alluded to their possible meanings in Taoism. 
the tiger and the dragon represent the dualistic forces of yin and yang. The tiger represents yin, the dragon yang, and they have been used stylistically ever since about 250 BCE. To understand yin and yang, the examples of the attributes of darkness you can see are more fully understood with the concept of lightness. If you didn't have lightness, you couldn't fully understand darkness. Evil is in contrast to good. There are many dualistic things. One that occurs to me is secular to religious. You have to know both to have the essence of each. Opposites complement each other. The principle of yin and yang is that all things exist as inseparable and contradictory opposites. So the two opposites of yin and yang attract and complement each other as their simple illustrates. Each side, though, has at its core an element of the other. This is why, in sensui art, usually there is a dramatic S-curve referring to the idea of yin and yang. And oftentimes there will be a tiger or a dragon or something that represents them in the art. Now this particular painting that I encountered as a young girl at my great aunt's house has stayed with me through the years. I was very young when I first saw it. I knew I was drawn to it as a kid, and I don't know what became of the painting after my great aunt and uncle passed. I really don't recall the size of the piece, but I have thought about it off and on. I hold it in my mind's eye. I wonder if I could see it again, if it would have the same effect on me as it once did. But that is the beauty of this style of art. It really is about mindful introspection, using brush and ink to explore spiritual or philosophical challenges. And it certainly did to me. The story of Lao Tzu, despairing over the moral decay of his country, is not much different from what many of us in the United States are feeling now. Canada is looking pretty good these days. What is our obligation to our fellow Americans and the world? What is the right path to take? Will it be enough? Should we just give up? Or should we summon our tiger energy to push us to find our way forward? Can dragon energy give us some insight? Maybe the awfulness that we find ourselves in regarding the political situation right now can highlight what is good and strong and noble about the American experiment. And that high mountain pass we are heading for will give us the vision of our way forward. Thinking back as a child, I saw that painting as somehow beautiful and stirring. As a college student, I saw the story of Lao Tzu. 
As I grew older, I saw more layers of meaning, and by speaking about it, I reveal some of my interior landscape to you. If you could paint a sensui landscape about what you are currently struggling with, what would it look like? Would it have a small human looking out over the valley with a tiger crouched in the rocks overhead? Or would it be someone sitting by a stream with a, a tiger curled beside? Or maybe it's a tiger stalking a worker up a twisting path on the back of a sleeping dragon. Or maybe it's a scholar having tea in a pagoda with the tall mountains poking through the mists. What are you struggling with? What are the positives and negatives of your problem? The challenges. Where is the dragon energy and the tiger strength? Is there a yin and yang curve drawn? I wonder where Lao Tzu goes after he deposits his wisdom with the guard at the top of the pass at the western gate. We know he descends into the unknown, the undiscovered country. Where are you going? The mountain and the journey up the mountain and the story of Lao Tzu are representative of the pull and entanglements of our daily lives and about the inexpressible, magnificent power behind creation, the dragon power and how we make meaning of our time on earth, dragon power, tiger power, how we balance the two and what it means to be alive. I always wanted to know where the little human in my great aunt's picture was going. What was their story? What did they seek? What was on the other side of that mountain? And what will they find when they descend into the unknown, the undiscovered country? Go in peace, blessed be.